Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is July 7th. Today we're going to continue in Doctrine and Covenants section 76. Starting in verse 32, it says, They are they who are the sons of perdition, of whom I say that it had been better for them never to have been born, concerning whom I have said there is no forgiveness in this world nor in the world to come, having denied the Holy Spirit after having received it, and having denied the only begotten of the Father, having crucified him unto themselves, and put him to an open shame. Now we're going to pause there and talk a little bit about what this means before we move on to part of this doctrine that actually is extremely hopeful and helps me see the great love that our Father in Heaven has. Now, we read those verses about the sons of perdition and their lost and fallen state, and that doesn't feel hopeful, and it doesn't feel joyful, and it doesn't make God seem necessarily merciful. But when we get a greater understanding of what exactly that means, and when we look into these next verses past that, we begin to see the great mercy and love of our Father in Heaven. So first of all, I want to clarify just who are the sons of perdition. I've had students come to me saying, well, my parents have left the church and I'm just so scared that they're a son of perdition. Now they're going to be a son of perdition and they're going to be in outer darkness and I'll never see them again. And they get so upset and worked up. I remember being a kid thinking, I don't know that I've ever felt the Holy Ghost. And then I got panicked thinking, oh no, I just denied the Holy Ghost. It's so funny, the memories I have of being a kid and my early thoughts on salvation and my father in heaven. But that is a distinct memory that I have of thinking that I didn't know if I had felt the Holy Ghost and then just being so panic stricken that all of a sudden I was a son of perdition. But I think it's important that we understand that that is not what it means to be a son of perdition and that we don't have to panic or worry about our loved ones who might not be living the gospel right now. In the King Follett sermon, Joseph Smith said, All sin shall be forgiven, except the sin against the Holy Ghost. For Jesus will save all, except the sons of perdition. What must a man do to commit the unpardonable sin? He must receive the Holy Ghost, have the heavens opened unto him, and know God, and then sin against him. After a man has sinned against the Holy Ghost, there is no repentance for him. He has got to say that the sun does not shine while he sees it. He has got to deny Christ when the heavens have been opened unto him, and to deny the plan of salvation with his eyes open to the truth of it. And then President Kimball once said, The sin against the Holy Ghost requires such knowledge that it is manifestly impossible for the rank and file to commit such a sin. So rest assured, my friends, our loved ones, and even ourselves, we have not committed this unpardonable sin. It is manifestly impossible to do so unless we have seen a vision of God the Father and Jesus Christ, unless we have had the heavens opened to us and revealed to us, and then we sin against it which I'm going to say none of us have experienced that. So we read these verses and it sounds so harsh and it sounds so almost cold. But my friends, we need to understand that this isn't the majority of people, that this is a very select few that these verses actually apply to. 
There is, however, a phrase here in verse 35 that I love. Now, I'm not pointing this out so that we feel guilty or so that we carry this unnecessary burden of guilt, but just as a way to ponder and a way to think about some things. In verse 35, it says, Having denied the only begotten Son of the Father, having crucified him unto themselves. Now, I think that that's such an interesting phrase, crucified him unto themselves. Now, I'm not saying that any of us go so far as to crucify the Savior in our own lives, but are there ways that we turn our backs a little bit on him? Are there ways that we set him aside in our own lives? Now, again, not to go so far as to say that we are denying him or crucifying him in our own lives, but are there ways that we turn our back a little bit? Are there ways that we set him aside? I've read that today and I've been doing a lot of soul searching. What are the ways that I'm turning my back? What are the ways that I'm setting him aside? And there are more than I'd like to admit, but please understand that that is not the same thing as being a son of perdition. Now I love it. It then goes on and it says, these are they who shall go away into the lake of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels and the only ones on whom the second death shall have any power. Now, it's interesting because we talk about the devils and the lake of fire and brimstone. And I think a lot of times in our mind, we get this cartoon idea of what hell is, right? Surrounded in fire and little tiny devils that are poking us with fire sticks. And we get this idea that that is what fire and brimstone is. But for years now, I've started to wonder if the torment that's spoken of, this eternal torment, has more to do with our guilt and more to do with our regret than it has to do with a physical torment. Joseph Smith taught that a man is his own tormentor and his own condemner. The torment of disappointment in the mind of man is as exquisite as a lake burning with fire and brimstone. And then Harold B. Lee taught, the greatest hell that one can suffer is the burning of one's conscience. The scriptures say that his thoughts will condemn him. He'll have a bright recollection of all his life. There will be a burning of the conscience, that will be worse than any physical kind of fire that I could assume one could suffer. Now, I love this idea. If you'll remember, we've talked about this several times, but Brad Wilcox teaches us that heaven will not be heaven for those who have not become heavenly. That if we haven't lived a life where we feel heavenly or that we feel close to God, we will not be comfortable to stand in his presence that it will be our own thoughts, our own actions that condemn us. And in the end, it will be our own thoughts and our own actions and our own guilt that will, as the scriptures say, torment us. And then finally, there's this one last part that I love. It says, Yea, verily, the only ones who shall not be redeemed in their own due time of the Lord after the suffering of his wrath. For all the rest shall be brought forth by the resurrection of the dead through the triumph and the glory of the Lamb who was slain, who was in the bosom of the Father before the worlds were made. And this is the gospel of glad tidings. Now I love this. It says this group, this tiny minuscule group of sons of perdition are the only ones who will not receive salvation from Jesus Christ. Everyone else is saved by him. The worst of the worst along with the best of the best receive salvation receive resurrection, and receive some form of glory. 
That is the gospel of glad tidings. That is the hope. That is the joy of the atonement. And it's found only because of Jesus Christ. Verse 41 says that he came into the world, even Jesus, to be crucified for the world and to bear the sins of the world and to sanctify the world and to cleanse it from all unrighteousness, that through him all might be saved, whom the Father had put into his power and made by him. My friends, that is the good news of the gospel. And I think that that is sometimes what we forget or what we miss when we talk about the Savior's grace. He intends to save all of God's children. Salvation comes through him because resurrection comes through him to all of God's children. And every single one of them, except for the few, the sons of perdition, every single one of them is resurrected to a state of glory. That all-encompassing love of our Father in heaven is what we have to look forward to in the next life. Every single one of us. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.